Welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 127. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary. Going to be hanging out with you here for the next little bit. We are going to get into some Madden ratings because it's that time of year again and how... Some were kind of disrespectful. Some were fair. We're going to get into your voicemails. Ton of questions to get into. But before all of that, crotch discomfort hurting your game. Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. They're sleek. They're soft. They're comfortable. Flexible. The brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped. Take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below the waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming, so you can wear the Boxers 2.0 for the chilling. They even trademarked the jewel pouch, so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using our promo code here, JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, for 20% off and free shipping. Get yourself the boxers if you just want to be comfortable, which, let's face it, guys, I know you want to be comfortable. They are the most comfortable boxers you'll ever wear. I Love, love, love when they reach the top of the drawer. Uh, they're my favorite boxers to wear. So let's hop into today's video. We're going to go through some Madden ratings uh, and obviously get into your voicemails here on the pod, as always. Uh, to no surprise, Quinn Williams is the highest graded New York Jet. He comes in at an 86 overall. Solid. No issue there. Carl Lawson at 83 overall and CJ Mosley's an 82. Those are your top three Jets. Not super surprising. There are some ones that I thought were a little bit disrespectful. Uh, for instance, DJ Reed at only an 80 seems a touch on the low side. Uh, you also have guys like Sauce Gardner coming in at a 78 overall seems a little bit low as a fourth overall pick. Uh, Makai still a 78. Uh, Jordan Whitehead at 77 is just, that's low. That's really low, especially for the strong safety position. I'm not saying he's got to be a star, but there's no reason that he could be, I don't know, an 82, somewhere in that range. I think he should be significantly higher than where he's at. Uh, Bryce Hall was a 79, which I am, that's not super crazy, but Brees Hall was a 76, which again feels a tad on the low side for the first running back selected in this year's draft Garrett Wilson also a 76 I think both those guys should be a little bit higher maybe low 80 for Brees Hall Garrett Wilson maybe a couple of points higher like a 79 Elijah Moore comes in at a 79 which uh, obviously room to grow there but I, I think Garrett Wilson should come in around that mark, mark too Fant is another guy on the offense who's a little bit on the lower side 77 overall which after his year at left tackle, at left tackle and how he was as a pass protector, I don't know how he's not a little bit higher. Braxton Barrios at 75 feels pretty low. Ashton Davis at 74 seems a little bit on the higher side. I thought he would be a, like, how is Ashton Davis only three points worse than Jordan Whitehead? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. I don't know how he's there. Um, you have Elijah Vera Tucker coming in at a 74 overall. That feels probably a little bit on the lower side. I know he was an up and down rookie, but still, I feel like him should be, he should be in the upper seventies. Um, 
Zach Wilson's a 73. Obviously didn't have a very good rookie year. I think there's room for growth there. Uh, there's not really any other ones that jump out a whole lot. Uh, who's like, who's the worst player on the roster? Let's scroll all the way down. Thomas, poor Thomas Hennessy is a 31. How about Mike White at a 56? I'm not a Mike White guy, but that feels low. You can't get Mike White into the 60s. There's no reason he can't be a, a 64 overall. 56. Yuck. That sounds way low for him. Uh, let's see who else is in the bottom of this roster. Connor McDermott, 56 accurate. Uh, Kenny Eboa only a 63. What? Nate Herbig, a 64 overall seems a little bit low. He's like borderline starter. He should be up in the seventies. I think. Mm, there's not really any other egregious one. Flacco 66 could probably be a little bit higher. I would think. Chuma Doga at 68, I would argue, is too high. Same with Dan Feeney at 68. Shepard, 69. Nice. Zuniga, Jabari Zuniga is somehow a 70 overall. I don't understand the logic behind that one. Um, but yeah, obviously you can find the whole list of the whole rankings, but the guys who come in at the top, can't really say I'm too surprised in Quinn and Carl Lawson, CJ Mosley, Lincoln Thomason, and JFM. Although at the bottom of the roster, it's very hard for me to say the worst players on this Jets team are Thomas Hennessy, Mike White, and Connor McDermott. Uh, that seems a, a little bit rough. I, I know Thomas Hennessy is pretty much only your long snapper, but 31 overall. That that's I would be appalled. Imagine opening this game. You're a player in this game, right? You're in the NFL, and Madden gives you a 31 overall. And poor Mike White, 56. He should be up higher by about 10 points at least. That's crazy. And by the way, the Jets overall roster is ranked as a 75, while the Chicago Bears are an 80 overall. Riddle me that one. I don't understand it, but that's the reality we're living in. By the way, what about the Jacksonville Jaguars? You might be asking some other teams who are maybe, you know, should be towards the bottom, 76 overall, so not a little bit better than what the Jets are. Houston is a 71 overall. They're listed as worth. Carolina is a 79 overall. Don't quite get that one. Atlanta is a 77 overall. So Atlanta is another team that's supposedly better than the Jets in this game. Uh, how about Seattle? 76 overall. They're also better than the Jets, supposedly. Strange. I know I've been out of the Madden game for a little while here, but I don't, I don't quite get these rankings. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but... I'm not the ones coming up with the rankings. I guess let me know in the comments how you would rank some of these guys. And if you think a 75 overall on the team is fair, I lean towards a no. But anyway, we have a lot of questions to get into this week. So I'll stop my ranting and raving about Madden and we'll get into your questions now on Just Jets. Will from Dallas. Let's get it started. Hey, Matt. This is Will calling from Dallas. Uh, I'm on my way to work and I was just watching your video. The expectations, uh, the podcast that just came out. Um, and you were talking about Jermaine Johnson and his six, you know, you expecting to get maybe around six sacks, stuff like that, mm -hmm. which I, I totally agree with. But I did just want to talk about Quincy Williams as well sure. and his role in the defense because we all know that the, the Jets, specifically Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, those guys are super high on Quincy Williams. And – I get where you're coming from. He's not great in pass coverage, misses, misses a few tackles, stuff like that. 
But if you think about the direction that the Mets are headed with, with arguably, in my opinion, a top five, maybe top eight defensive line and uh, two really solid corners, I think that, you know, Quincy Williams can really thrive in this scheme. You can run some, like, cover two man, uh, have him just play the running back out of the backfield, maybe uh, line up on pass rushers, go to work. Let Sauce and uh, DJ Reed lock down on the on the outside, and then you just have the two safeties deep. And I think if you if you do like two man or even some just uh, like cover three type stuff, Joiner probably playing over the top, you're fine. You just have Quincy in this tiny little area in that that uh, hook curl zone, and he can really thrive where he can just mostly play the run how good these corners are and uh, I think I think he's really going to thrive this year I think that's why they're so high on him it's just the way that this team is built it's a really exciting time to be a Jet honestly this defensive line looks legit and I'm really excited to watch them go to work uh, yes let me know your thoughts as always go Jet yeah man uh, thank you for calling in sorry you're breaking up a l- there a little bit but I think we got the gist for the most part on what you're trying to the point you're trying to make on Quincy here um, they obviously you're right they the Jets obviously like him a lot and they are confident in him because they haven't brought in anyone else really through free agency or the draft to round out that room so he is going to get some playing time um, and I'm glad it's in a will position and it's not necessarily not, not necessarily like he's going to be asked to to take over Mike linebacker duties. Um, there's he, I think he just needs to be more consistent for me. Um, and if he does that this year, then maybe you find you maybe you find something there with Quincy because at times when he's flashed, he he does look good. He's running around the field, he's making plays. Um, for me, it's just it's like he's a roller coaster ride. You don't know what you're going to get from him on a week to week basis. And if he was a little bit more consistent, then I'd be a little bit more confident in him. Uh, but Clearly, this Jets staff likes him a lot, and I'm hoping that you know maybe he could be hid, hidden a little bit uh, at that linebacker position uh, because of the Jets' defensive line and their improved secondary this year. So that's a valid point that you bring up there, Will. Nate is calling in. He is from North Carolina, and he wants to talk Braxton. All right, let's do it. Yo, what's good, man? It's, uh, it's Nate from North Carolina. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to call in and talk to you about Braxton Berrios. Uh, we all know what Braxton Berrios can do, right? We know he's a, he's an all pro, pro bowl level kick, kick and punt returner. But what do you see his role in, in the offense this year? Do you see him as sort of the full time slot guy, which I would have no problem with, sort of, sort of, uh, interchanging the, three top guys that we all know in Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and Corey Davis? Or do you see him in more of a reserve role? You know, uh, really just there in case somebody gets injured. So, yeah, man. Uh, so I want to hear your take on it. So, yeah, Nate from North Carolina. Peace. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate it, man. I think this is a cop-out answer, but I think it's somewhere in between. I don't think he's going to be a regular. Like For me, the starting three is going to be Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Corey Davis until proven otherwise. 
Uh, but they're going to rotate those guys around a lot. Uh, and they're going to get Braxton in because Zach and Braxton have a pretty good rapport. Uh, and he was very reliable for them last year, especially on third downs. Uh, so I think he will be used. It's not like, like he's going into the year as wide receiver four. And he's going to get his chances. Uh, there's not one guy on this team that I really see running away with the target share in the passing attack. I think the Jets are going to spread the ball around a lot. And I think that includes your fourth wide receiver. I'm glad that this team is four wide receivers deep. Um, I'm hoping Denzel backs, bounces back a little bit so we can say that they're five wide receivers deep along with the three tight ends and the two running backs out of the backfield, then that would really make this offense pretty dangerous. But as you say, injuries in the NFL happen. And if someone does get injured, then you feel comfortable with him stepping up in a starting role. Uh, but other than that, I think he'll just rotate in and out and be that reliable guy. We know what he's, what he is at special teams. He's a very, very good special teamer. Uh, and that's his bread and butter, but he's also a you know pretty reliable receiver when he's called upon. Let's do main jet. All right, let's do it. Hi, Matt. This is Main Jet calling in. And you know what? I wanted to just talk about two things Hit that me. the Jets have always been known for, and this has really been the problem with the Jets over the last 10, 15 years. It's not just Zach Wilson. It's not just all the new players. It's always been there with this team, and it's always plagued them. And I think that you could fit every single problem going on with the Jets into these two issues. Okay. Number one, they are notoriously slow starters. They gotta start faster. Um, this is what kills me. They never score in the first quarter. They usually take about one third of the game up before they even get their stuff in gear. Same thing last season with a new quarterback. Okay, it may be a new quarterback, but still, even with, even with an experienced quarterback, they did the same thing. Second issue is their defense, no matter how good it is or how bad it is, never gets any turnovers. It's those two things that absolutely have to change if the Jets are going to make the playoffs this year. They absolutely have to start faster, and they have to start having a positive turnover ratio. Um, your thoughts. Anyway, go Jets. You're not going to get an argument from me here, Main Jet. You are 100% right. If you are looking at, I mean, and the Jets do have their flaws, right? They are a, a team that is far from perfect, but one of the things that doesn't make life any easier is when you start slow and you put your young team in a position where they have to throw the ball to get back into the game. And on top of that, you're right. The turnovers, it's insane. They, they never get any interceptions, which I think is part of the reason why they went with Sauce Gardner, because he's someone who, you know, projects to get a, a few more interceptions. DJ Reed should hopefully help in that regard too. But it's crazy when you think about it, the turnover differential that this team usually deals with. It, would it be asking too much to be in the positive on the on a turnover differential for one time? Is that asking a lot? I personally don't think so. That's really not asking too much. Uh, and you know what? That would go a long way. Again, if if those things break right, am I saying this team's going to go out and win 12 games? No. But does that bring your ceiling a little bit higher or the floor, I guess, a little bit higher. Yeah, it means you're probably more likely than not going to be competitive on a week into week out basis, which that's where the Jets need to be this year. If they make the playoffs, great. But my step is be competitive weekly. Not asking a lot. You're really not asking a lot. Main Jet, that's a great point that you bring up. And unfortunately, it just happens far, far, far too often. It, it, it's It's crazy to me. Let's do, who do we got next? Richard calling in from Nevada. Schedule review. All right, let's do it. 
What's up, Matt? Richard from Nevada once again. What up, dude? Look, uh, by the way, I really appreciate that you uh, have put me pretty much front and center on some of these calls. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Um, look, this schedule is not very difficult, man. In my opinion, there's a lot of games that are very difficult here, but there's so many games that the timing of these particular uh, games is, is so perfect for the Jets that I, I just cannot fathom the idea they don't make some wins. Okay? Now, I've said this before, but I'll say it. Um, and now we're even talking about possible injury for the Ravens with their running back situation. Well, it just makes your odds a little better. September 11th in MetLife, that's a winnable game. That's a huge home field advantage. Sean Watson's not playing on the Browns. Okay. Uh, you beat the Bengals last year. You got the Steelers with Jacoby Brissett. I think that's a winnable game. Right there, theoretically, that could be four wins. So let's be real. Let's say two and two. Okay. Moving on, we're talking about, you know, possibly winning the game and winning at least our home games in our division, um, with maybe the exception of the uh, of the Bills. Okay. There's another two wins right there you can possibly get. And then you have the Packers. Statistically, the Jets and the Packers are the Jets have done very well against the Packers, and they don't have Devontae Adams because he went to the Raiders, and my wife is very happy about that. <laughs> um, you can beat the Packers. You can beat a lot of these other teams. Okay, so maybe you lose against the Bills. Now you look at the second half after the after the the bye week. There are so many freaking games on that end of the uh, on the end of the season that there can be some wins here. So I want to I want to stop hearing this narrative. The Jets' schedule is difficult. We're we're going to get you know beaten out by some of these teams automatically. No, no, no. I think I think we genuinely have some wins here, man. Anyway, thank you as always, Matt. Have a good night. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for calling in. And you know what? I don't think the strength of schedule is as hard as some people are making it out to be. Uh, if you go by win percentage, the team with the toughest schedule is the Rams at 567 on their their opponent's win percentage. The AFC teams, the Jets are somewhere around, like I believe, 16. So right around the middle of the pack, 17. 495 win percentage is their opponent's have. There, there's going to be some games to be had, man. It, it, you're right. And I, I I think if you go 2-2 two and two in your first four games against the AFC North, you split with, let's say, the Dolphins and the Patriots. I would love to split with the Bills, but let's just say you don't. You win two games in the division. So that is four wins right there. Uh, you got to beat teams like Detroit, Chicago, Jacksonville. Now you're at seven. A couple other wins go your way. The ball bounces your way a couple times. Then maybe you're sitting at eight, nine wins at that point. It's not that difficult. You're right. And I kind of am tired of that same old excuse. We hear the excuse of the schedule so often. It's just enough. Enough is enough. Start winning games, please. It's not really asking a whole lot at this point. Uh, we're going to go Tyreek. We got a ton of ideas from Tyreek, so let's do it, man. Hey, how you doing, man? It's me, Tyreek again. You know, I've been, I called a couple of times. 
not really a question or like that. I'm just leaving my message again, like I told you. Um, I didn't get on the show. I, didn't, uh, I wish there was a way for me for us to talk one-on-one over the phone, you know what I mean? And like I said before, you know, we have a, um, a different team this year, and I'm hoping that we can score some points, we can win the next four or five games uh, and not lose every game because we have a tough schedule. You know, um, I'm really praying that I wish, you know, I, I heard your beginning of the show around like six minutes or oh, six, I had to stop it. And about Bryce, so I think they should just, you know, cut him or maybe trade him away, maybe. And I cut don't really trust Echoes and Carter. I don't know. I got to see what they can do. And I feel the source is going to be the only guy that could probably could make noise, but we need a, we need, we should have got another veteran corner, or I would have went out to step for Gilmore or somebody from the 49ers or Colts, Bills, anybody, you know what I'm saying? And we could have got another wide receiver, and we should have got another safety to play along with, um, um, Jordan Moorhead, you know? And um, I think we would have been okay because you need playmakers, you need guys who have who has experience who's been on the field. So I want to see see Zach throw the ball more often. We got to get into a shootout if we have to, and we're gonna win games and shit. We have to be able to score. We can't, you know, allow, you know, um, just in rely on what we have. You know what I mean? Instead of going out still signing people and making the roster because it's only I wish the roster was like a good sixty players and it would be much better. And I was just could just sign somebody a veteran wide receiver, somebody we couldn't make a trade for Depot, um, Samuel. And I wish we would have got another corner. Like I said, uh, DJ Reed's probably going to do his thing, but we should have got another veteran corner. And then it's also be on the other side. I'll let DJ Reed play the slot or be the third um, corner and, and help out. You know, because Carter be and Pick Knock, and I don't know too much about these guys. You know, Echo had that one interception. Maybe he had another one throughout the season, maybe, maybe when I missed when I went to sleep. But, um,. <laughs> He went to sleep. I just, just want to see. I want to see force turnovers. I want to see the just jump on the ball and go for touchdowns. And um, we have wish we could beat Miami twice and New England and the Bills twice. So second division. Pittsburgh. I think Minnesota this year. I think Green Bay or the Bears. We have to play, and it's going to be kind of tough for us, you know, playing against these teams. And um, and I hope that we'll 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 make the playoffs. If not, it's going to be another season down the hill. And everything like that because we have a tough schedule ahead of us, and we got to protect Zach Wilson. He's got to run and throw the ball, and he's got to be able to run and use his legs. You know what I'm saying? So that's all I got to say on that. That's it. <laughs> yeah, had a lot of thoughts here. So okay, more corners, more wide receivers, another safety, a, a, a veteran wide receiver, and a veteran corner. Okay. Six division wins. I mean, if that, I mean, that might as well be a super team at that point, right? That's a, if they, if you don't have, if you add a, a stud wide receiver, a stud cornerback, and win six games in division, then at that point, this has got to be a 15 and two team, though. Oh boy. You make me laugh, Tyreek. You're very entertaining to me. Let's do Travis. He's up next. Let's do it, man. Hey, Matt. What's up, dude? Travis from Ohio. Hey, buddy. I just think this season we need to retire the quote unquote roller coaster season, <laughs> like we talked about all last year. Yeah. Like kind of do or die, sink or swim type thing. So we got enough talent. We got 
we don't have the excuses of last year. Still a young team and all, but they got to show something. And what I really want to see is Zach be like a true point guard out there on the field and just distribute the ball to all the playmakers we got all over the place. I I think if we maximize that potential, get the ball out of his hands quick, either in the running game or passing game. I think we got a bunch of guys that can get some yak and even just little dump off screen passes, the tight ends and running backs. And then if we get more and Garrett Wilson, the stretch of field, I think that's going to open everything up. I just want to see Zach getting the ball out of there quick. Like we know he can, that ball explodes off his hand. So it does kind of like a, well, an older version of, uh, or a younger version of the old version of Rich Gannon, that MVP here he had. Okay. When he had Tim Brown and Jerry Rice, two goats. I'm not comparing our receivers to those guys. No, no, no. But he had a good running game too, and he was just distributing the ball, and he didn't have the arm Zach did. So just get the ball in the playmakers and let's roll. Let's see what happens. So, all right, brother. Hope you had a good weekend. Love you, buddy. Bye. Go Jets. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, 2002, Rich Gannon. Can you believe he won the MVP that year? Pretty wild that he was the MVP. Rich Gannon won an MVP. Early 2000s were an interesting time, man. And they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, they lost to Tampa Bay that year, but um, interesting interesting stuff as always. Thank you, Travis, for checking in. I forgot that Rich Gannon was an MVP that year. Isn't that funny? Um, look, you're right. It's, it, and this kind of goes back to the call from earlier from Richard in Nevada. It comes, there comes a point in time where you start to get sick and tired of the schedule excuse, right? But can you just worry about this team getting a little bit better and taking that stride? I, I don't want to have to look at matchups week in and week out and be like, ah, oh, well, yeah, you really got no shot this week because you're playing Team X or, yeah, you really got no shot this week either because, you know, this, this, and this. If Zach Wilson takes a step that we all hope he can, then the Jets should be more competitive flat out. Just as simple as that. They should just be more com- competitive, period, end of stop. It's all, it's really, it's actually rather simple. It comes down to Zach Wilson. And I I know that sounds like a broken record thing. We've talked about it how many times in this offseason, but it's the God's honest truth. If he looks like the quarterback that most of us think he can be, then this team could be very, very good. If he struggles again, well, it's going to be a repeat of last year. And I hope that's not the case, and I have a lot of faith in him, and this roster around him is a lot better. So there you go. Hopefully that should be enough to make that much-needed change, right? Let's do Demetro. He is calling in from Miami. He wants to talk CJ Mosley. Okay. My name Demetrio Davis. I've been a Jets fan since I was almost about like six years old, I'm 34 years old now. And I'm watching your show and I watch all the Jets live shows. Thank I want to ask you a question. Do we think we should get rid of? Which one it was? Um, CJ Mosley. Oh, Mosley. Okay. When we first signed him to the 85 million contract, I liked it. And then he played that first game that was outstanding. And then he set out a whole year. Then he 
He got no, he got hurt one year, then he sat out one year. Then the third year we had him, he did all right. So what should we do this year with TJ Moses? Yeah, it's a good Call me, let me know. I'm from Miami, Florida. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. CJ Mosley was interesting last year. I mean, 168 tackles obviously jumps off the page. He was, I would say, he was good. I don't think he was phenomenal. Uh, I think there were times where it looked like he struggled. Though defense as a whole struggled, so it's hard to just shine the light on him. I think for the most part, he was a brighter spot on this team. I mean, this is a guy who's a pro bowler in 14, 16, 17, 18, 2019 looked really, really good uh, in his first game with the New York jets, got hurt, tried to come back against the game or in the game against new England, excuse me, didn't go well, played 16 games last year for this jets team and was okay. So pretty good. And yeah, he's probably a little bit overpaid, but he'll be on the team this year. Uh, he's not going anywhere right now because the jets have really not a whole lot at the linebacker position. And it's really dependent on how he plays this year because the Jets can get out of his contract after this year if they decide to, right? And I think it's dependent if he looks similar to what he did this year or in 2021, excuse me, uh, and the defense around him gets better, then you could probably survive with it another year because, well, once again, they it's just it's a position that the Jets don't have a ton of room, a wiggle room with. Uh, maybe that changes a year from now. It's it's hard to say, but at this point, yeah, he's going to be on the team this year. He's going to be an important piece to this team this year. He's a captain. Uh, he's going to be the one calling the plays for the defense. It's very, or, you know, in the huddle, at least, he's going to be a very, very, very important piece of this team. He's not going anywhere, uh, at least for this year. We're going to close out. We got one more, and it is Dom from Long Island. Dom, take us away, my friend. Hey, what's going on, Matt? Dom from Long Island calling in. What's up, sir? Um, it's been a while, so I actually just wanted to touch base on like one or two topics. Uh, one of them being, just being the fact that there's kind of a lot of hype around the team right now, just because sure. of all the additions, you know, all the big names and stuff we've added, and you know, a lot of these ESPN <clears throat> pundits and all the, you know, the worldwide sports guys are complimenting us, saying we had a great draft and a good free agency. But if you remember was just over a year ago that these same people were saying that Trevor Lawrence should veto a, being drafted by the Jets, that he should not allow himself to be drafted by the Jets. Fast forward a year later, the Jaguars are an absolute mess and essentially had the Jets offseason, but with lesser caliber players. So I I just think that we should always remember we're the Jets. We got the chip on our shoulder. Always be underdog, no matter what. No matter what these people on ESPN say. So definitely don't want to lose that with all the hype around the team and everything. And only other thing is it's kind of positive because I feel like this season in particular, we see a lot of our players coming into camp with like absolutely changed physiques. And I feel like that has to be due to the new um, – whether the new training and medical staff that uh, Douglas implemented last year, because if you think about it, this is truly their first off season to implement their plans and their workouts and their just way That's of doing things and for it to be effective. Last season was their first season together. So this would really show us the results this season. And I got to say, they're pretty impressive and encouraging. So I don't know. 
some positive stuff for the day. Uh, yeah, go Jets. Thank you, Dom. I like the positivity here. And you know what? From your call, that really stands out to me is the is interesting. And it's something that I had a hard time dealing with is that the Jets getting some credit for the offseason after, like you said, for years and years and years, it was just pile on, pile on, pile on. Um, I'm hoping that things are trending in the right direction and that it's not just Jet fans seeing it and that, you know, the fact that these other people are seeing it is a bonus and, and a major, major plus. But I am a little apprehensive with it and I had a hard time, you know, figuring out how, how that made me feel uh, throughout the offseason. It, it was it was difficult. And you know what? Guys like Denzel Mims coming in in the best shape of his life, guys like Zach Wilson, you know, it, it's going to make a difference. And one thing that you can say about these guys who are coming in in the best shape of their life is if it doesn't work out, you can't say that it's for a lack of trying. Effort won't be a question with these guys. Which that I will take as a positive because you know what? In regimes gone by, didn't necessarily always have that. So I think it's okay to hang your hat on that being the positive that from all of this, this whole experience that we're getting with these guys coming in and these guys looking in much better shape is that people are buying in and the effort is there. And you know what would make things even nicer? Some wins on the football field. Let's end on that note. How about that? Thank you to everyone who called in. Thank you for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review or a comment. That really helps. I appreciate all the love and support from each and every one of you. Training camp is here. Football season is here. 2022. Let's do it right. I'm Matt O'Leary and I'll talk to you next time.